This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast today. In today's episode, as you know, in March, we are focusing on travel. And we have with us our friend Jillian Mentor, who is the founder of Spritz Sunday. Spritz Sunday is a guide on travel, wellness, and just living your best life. There are blog posts and inspirational content on social media. Jillian is an accomplished small business owner. She used to spend a lot of her time working, but she's changed directions to live a more well-balanced life, focusing on her passions of travel and wellness. We're so excited to hear Jillian's tips on travel. Welcome, Jillian. Yes, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's, I'm so excited to have you and I love all of your content. Yes. One of the things I wanted to just talk a little bit about is just hearing a little bit about Sprit Sunday and what inspired this transition to launch a travel and wellness blog. Yeah. So, well, I launched Sprit Sunday because I've always loved vacation and traveling. And then I've worked in the wellness space for years. And Sprit Sunday is my favorite day. It's a day of leisure. And what I call Sprit Sunday is um, the inspiration of Italian lifestyles. So there's something about Sundays when people seem to slow down, they enjoy each other's company, food, and just the little things in life. I wanted to combine something that embodied my passion of taking care of yourself, living your best life, which is usually when we're traveling or days off on vacation vacation. And my goal is to make every day to be Sprit Sunday and inspire other people to embrace that lifestyle. I love it. I, um, I actually spent a semester in college in Rome. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, so Kelly and I are from Kansas. So Rome would have been like, we're from fairly really far away, rural Kansas, <laughs> like definitely born on like a pig farm. So, <laughs> you know, Rome would have been very different for me. Um, and uh, I just remember having to say, like, ask for the bill. And I would just remember being like, where's the server? You know, like, I think in America, it's like, bam, bam, bam. Here's your food, blah, blah, blah. I remember I worked at Applebee's and I'd be like, you had to have the food in five minutes and have everything delivered in 15 minutes. And people are out at this time. And so when we were traveling in Italy, it would be like you could just hang out all day long and yep. just chill and you'd have to ask for the bill or otherwise they didn't even care how long you were there so it's yep. definitely a different pace about um pleasure i would say too yeah and i love that and i think that's the difference between america and italy especially is in american culture it's go 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 fast as possible we have to get on to the next thing but italians have this way of just enjoying every little aspect of life which i love and was something that i didn't really do earlier in my in my life in my career so totally I th- and that's also i know kelly and i talk about it it's like our 20s were like hustling and figuring out our career and then our thirties were just hustling. And then we feel like now in our forties, we're like, okay, we want to do things we're passionate about. Like we kind of, I don't know, our Kelly and I are um, uh, gen X. And so we have those, the baby boomer, I don't know, thing of like getting a job and getting a pension and dying. <laughs> so we're a little late to the game of like, oh yeah, pleasure and doing things we're passionate about. And so um, we've kind of made that switch as well, which is where Chasing Brighter come from, came from of just um, doing things that we're passionate about. Yeah, I love that. Um, I know, uh, like we've talked about being a small business owner. Um, I know you have worn many hats. So I would love to just kind of hear about your journey Um 
to being a business owner, Pilates instructor, content creator, um, kind of looking at your life and what brought you to yeah. where you were today? Yeah. So I've always been into fitness and with, um, physical activities, I did a lot of more like hardcore things like obstacle course training, half marathons, CrossFit, things like that. So because of that, I was getting injured and run down and that got me into yoga and Pilates. And I'd always knew I wanted to work for myself. So, um, I bought my studio, my Pilates and yoga studio six years ago. And, um, it was just really good timing. My dad wanted to invest in something. The studio was already existing and that's how I came about owning the studio. Mm -hmm. And then as a small business owner, I learned so much, but it was really challenging. So when I took over Pilates plus yoga, it was just bleeding money. And as soon as we started turning things around and I started to get in a good place, it was COVID. So of course, like all small business owners, COVID was a lot. I poured my soul into the business. I was like, we have not gotten this far for me to lose this business. Mm -hmm. Like I was willing to do anything. And so we made it through 2020, which was challenging, but 2021, which was way more challenging. And there were a lot of struggles with like the great resignation and so many. So during that time period, I just kind of lost myself because I had given myself to my business and I had no life and I lost a lot of friends through it. And I just realized that mentally I was not in a good space. And, um, at the end of that, coming out of that, my boyfriend and I decided we wanted to relocate as well. I'd spent enough time in the desert. I lived in Las Vegas for 17 years. And I knew when I moved, I wanted to work on something creative and something that gave me joy, but also kept me connected to people. And so that's when I decided to launch the blog. That's awesome. And you moved to the Northwest? Yes. So I'm in Seattle. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Is it, is it, do you feel like it's culture shock or are you familiar with the area? Um, I love it. Um, I think there are definitely things that are shocking, but shocking in a good way. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know the driving, like there's no road rage. People are so friendly. Everyone is nice. Um, and I have been craving this weather forever. I lived in Las Vegas for 17 years, but I never liked the sun or the heat. Mm. It just kind of was, I just kept getting stuck there. Things were working out there for me. Like before I bought the studio, I looked at moving, things like that. So it was a long time coming. And um, I just, I love it so much. What made you guys decide to do Seattle? Well, my boyfriend and I sat down and we knew we wanted to move. And I wanted to move to Italy, but he works in uh, politics and he, he needed to be in America. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, so we put down all the cities that we were willing to move to and Seattle was the one we agreed on. So we just picked that he's from the Oregon. So Pacific Northwest. Oh, okay. And I'd always love Seattle and it's just what we agreed on. And then we made it our mission to, to move here. Yeah. So you talked about that you, you know, you were into health and fitness um, and kind of talking about your journey. What about your like growing up or childhood? Do you feel like um, impacted or influenced like who you are today and some of your interests and what you do? Well, my dad is an entrepreneur and he's also an athlete and I'm a lot like my dad. So um, I always, that definitely influenced my entrepreneurship and wanting to work for myself and be my own boss. And then watching him in his running, like he moved to America on, and he came here on a track scholarship and that's all he had. And then he, he lived the American dream, right? He came here with no money and then he built this business and now he's very successful. And so I always wanted to do that, but he 
also, I think, works so much that he misses a lot of the the pleasures and the joys in life. So and my mom is really spiritual and grounded. So I think I got the combination of kind of those two. Maybe I'm a little too much like my dad and I try to be. That's why I'm trying to get more towards that balance. Um, but I think that really influenced who I am. Did you guys travel a lot growing up? Um, I, to me, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when I compare to other kids, yes, my dad is English. So he was the only one in America. So we went to England a decent amount, which, but that was where my grandparents were and my aunts and uncles. So I just thought that was kind of normal, I guess, Mm. but not normal because that's a really far trip for, for most kids. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, the idea of leaving the country and especially going over to Europe, Britain. Yeah. Um, I kind of lumped them all in the same, even though that's technically not, I mean, you know, it's not on the same continent in some way. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it does seem so exotic. I think just for the average American. Um, yeah, definitely not. I mean, when my sister traveled abroad, when she, when you went to Rome, Jess, I mean, the first time I left the country was when I was in college. I'm assuming Jess, that was the same for you. Cause we never left the country when we grew up. I mean, travel mm-hmm. is more accessible now too, um, in some way than it was, you know, when we were younger, just there's so many airlines and sometimes you can catch good deals and other things like that. So, you know, even with that, you know, talk to us about some of the travel. So do you, in terms of some of the trips that you're planning, like, how do you, how do you pick what you want to do, what you're going to do, where you're going to go? Oh gosh. Okay. There's so much. Um, it depends if I want to do domestic or international, which okay. kind of depends on budget and how much time I have off. Well, that's one of the reasons I work for myself is so that I can go. But my boyfriend definitely has to get um, time off or whoever I'm traveling with. Um, and then it's picking between something I know I'm going to love. Like Italy is always my favorite place. It's really hard if I have a big chunk of time off that I can take or I'm willing to spend a bunch of money traveling. It's very hard for me to pick something that's not Italy because I just know that I'm going to love Italy. Um, but, and then food, I always pick destinations on food. I love to eat. Um, like for example, we just went to Greece last year and, uh, we went on a cruise though, and I have wanted to go to Greece forever, but I'm one of the only people I feel like that does not love Greek food. So I just didn't pick it for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't love the food there. So we'll go somewhere else. Did you um, enjoy any of the food while you were there? I actually did. I was surprised, but it was also like safety net on a cruise that like, you know, you're coming back to the cruise ship with plenty of food, but it was good. It was really um, good for me to kind of get out of my comfort zone and and try different things, which I think is really important for everyone when they're yes. traveling. Yeah. And I would definitely go back. That's kind of the part of the experience too, is I always feel like in a lot of ways, wherever you go, there's always good food. If you like good food, most people like good food. They don't like crappy food. You know what I mean? And just trying to find those living in Chicago, we have a huge Greek population. And so um, it seems like everyone either loves or hates Greek food around here. But I think there's also a lot of gateway, like anything with a carb and a dip. So, right. Like, pita and hummus, uh, tortilla chips and salsa. Like it's just kind of like (laughs) every culture has like a thing like that, you know? Yeah. Um, did you get a lot of hummus in on your trip? Yes. A decent amount (laughs) for sure. 
But I also tried like other things that I was impressed with. Oh gosh, I don't remember what the name is. Like this eggplant dish. I don't know. I'd have to uh, mm. look it up. But like different things like that. When but I was traveling with people who eat different stuff and knew what to order, so I could try things, which was, I think, the way to go. If you always have someone in the group that knows what they're doing or is going to be the adventurous one, and then you can kind of taste a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I think it's so funny. So I've been on several cruises and I thought cruises were for old people. And I was like, I think cruises are dumb. And then um, my husband has to get continuing medical education credits or whatever. And so we, he and I did an Alaskan cruise and I was like, Oh, I like cruises. Okay. And then we did a Mediterranean cruise that left out of Venice. And I was like, Oh, I love cruises. So I was talking to my kids. Um, I want to do a cruise with them because you can travel and see a lot of places and not unpack and pack. And, and like you were saying, then you can come back, you have a home base and, um, which there's some comfort in that. And then, um, and, and so I loved, I loved our Mediterranean cruise and, um, I actually ended up loving Turkey. Did you guys just stay in Greece or? Yeah, we did Greece and Italy. And then we went to Malta, um, France. Yeah, it was awesome. But I used to think the same or I've always loved cruises, but people always say, well, but cruising is for old people. And I just wrote a post about why I love cruises, because I think that they make things so accessible and you get to try so much. It's such like a good bang for your buck that more younger people need to try it. And we have to get rid of this stereo or stigma. Yeah. Now, also with regard to a cruise, do you think most of those, the best way to do it is to plan well in advance? I am surprised my look at cruises, like how far out you can book a cruise as well and get like better pricing. Yeah. So there's sales all the time. So you have to follow the sales and always go for sale because they're going to have one. But like this last year, um, like 2022 was kind of when cruising started opening up again. So they sold out really quickly and you kind of had to take what you could get. There were still good deals, but the reason you want to book so far in advance, I think, is that COVID made people start to plan things and get excited about travel. And then all the good cruises started selling out. So now you have to book them so far in advance. Yeah, I find that um, post-COVID travel, so there was a while where with um, smartphones and devices. So when I traveled to Italy, you had, you had to use a map there weren't smartphones. Right. And then I went back again. I went back again. And then it's like, I just use my maps, right. You just get an Uber. You just, you know, look up things right away. Like I'd wake up and open up TripAdvisor and be like, Oh, where's a good place to eat today. And, and then you get lazy. And then, um, we traveled to DC last spring and everything was closed or needed tickets or wait advance. And in Las Vegas, we shut down for five minutes for COVID. And so I wasn't used to like places were just opening up in 2022 because the casinos run Vegas, right? So we were open pretty soon. And so now I think you really do, you have to really plan. You have to see if you have to get um, tickets or passes if you want to go see something. Um, And so I think that's changed. Have you noticed that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It used to be that, like you said, you could just wake up and be like, this is what I'm going to do today. But now you do need to do a little bit of planning. It kind of depends on what experience you want to do or what restaurant you want to go to, how well known it is. So I like to do a combination because you have to book things. So the important things like when um, my boyfriend and I went to Rome, uh, 
right after COVID. He'd never been and his first time in Italy. And we like show up to the Coliseum and it's like, you have to book this two weeks in advance. But luckily we're flying out of Rome. We were going to leave and come back. So we, we did that. So it's the balance of finding the ticketed events, getting those planned. But then also I feel like vacation isn't as enjoyable if it's like, you must do this, then this, then this, right? And you want some free time. So leaving time in there and finding restaurants that are smaller and less well-known or going early, going late so that you can still squeeze in and kind of have those just more less planned. The joys of Italy is that you can just throw a rock and there's like a good restaurant too. I don't know. I, I, maybe because I frequented it enough, I actually did travel to France for work and, um, in, um, like in the, on the coast, it was the same. And in Provence, it was the same. Yeah. I, there's such good food in Italy and Europe. Like they just, value food in a different way and care so much about the quality of their food. Yes. yes. Time sit down with Spain, like time spent with people around you enjoying food is so important to them that they put more time and love into their food. And I think that you can taste that. And there's a, you know, a lot of diversity in the cultures in Italy and of itself. Do you have a favorite spot that you've gone to in Italy? They're also different. Like you said, they're so they're different cultures. Um, Probably one of my favorites is Puglia, which is like the heel of the boot. Um, I love how relaxed it is. And there's not a lot of tourists. And if there are tourists, they're not American tourists. So they're not speaking English. And you it still feels like very authentic. Everything's relaxed. And it's just a different Italian experience rather than like Rome or Florence, where there's a lot of tourists, a lot of vacation activities. Fully is like the sight to see is, oh, go out on a boat and just see the sea or you have to eat this food, but you can eat it at any restaurant. You don't have to pick a special restaurant Mm -hmm. and seeing the streets, things that you don't need tickets and, um, you know, things that don't have to be planned. So it's just a really nice, relaxed vibe that I love. Have you been to Cinque Terre? No, that's on my list though. Yeah. Oh, so good. What I remember, it's so funny. My story with Italy is I had a friend that didn't drink alcohol and we would go places and they would give us alcohol. <laughs> like we went in Cinque Terre, we went to check in and the guy just poured all these limoncello shots uh-huh. and my friend like looked at me. And so I was always like double shotting, like when they turned and be like, I was like, thank you. Thank you. We went somewhere else. I forgot where it was. You know, we were like young girls and we'd go somewhere and they, I remember everywhere we went, they were just giving us free drinks. And I just remember being like, Whoa, I was with my friend. So I was like double shooting everything because you didn't want to offend anybody. You know, you're like, Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, I was like switching glasses with her. And (laughs) I remember in Cinque Terre, them giving us like limoncello a lot. Like, on the Amalfi Coast, they did that with me. I went there with my dad who doesn't drink. And so I would drink the limoncello. But then one night we were at a restaurant and he poured me, I think it was some port and I just couldn't stomach it. And there was two of them. And I was like, okay, this is where I draw the line. I just have to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't drink. Do a port. He's responsible for that one. And I'm sorry, I just can't do this one. <laughs> yeah. So then you went to Capri. Yes. And you're at the Amalfi Coast. Mm, that was beautiful. That's beautiful. beautiful. So Kelly and I have family in Italy. Um, our 
great grandfather was one of a lot, like five or something. He's the only one that came to the States. And so when we went there, we were able to um, see, see family. Like we have family up in Lake Como and then we have family in, in Colliery, which is off of um, Sardinia. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was cool to kind of see that we have, we have some family there. And, and like you're saying, all of these different places have very different cultures, but just so welcoming. I loved it when we called, I called our family. I don't know. I had somebody's phone number. I was with my friends and I just called and in, in Italian, I was like, I'm your family. My grandfather was, you know, it was like my great grandfather was like Guido. And they were like, where they were like, we come, we come, where are you? And I was on a payphone, and they just drove up and took my friends and I, and like, it was so amazing. And so I was like, if anybody ever, I know came here and was like, I was your cousin. I hope I can give them the hospitality um, that they gave us, you know, the warmth and hospitality. I love that. And my mom's really into genealogy and she's like always doing family tree stuff. And there's just no Italian in my blood at all. And I'm still, <laughs> you were like, I no, I think there is. There is. <laughs> so sad. Somewhere it's there. It's okay. I believe you too. Um, so you kind of are looking for food and travel and having fun. One of the things I noticed, um, you know, on your content where Kelly and I were just blown away, um, the photos that you have are stunning. Yes. Um, do you have any tips on how to take vacation photos or, or, or poses for photos? Yeah. So the secret is to having a family member. So whoever you're with, your friend has to take a ton of photos and they're probably going to want to kill you, but it will be worth it. So lots of photos. So you have options and not just like in different places and um, while you're wandering around, but in different lighting uh, and different poses because you're not sure what's going to look good in what spot. So I find the best thing is there's so much online that there's tons of stuff on Instagram and Pinterest for learning how to pose and different poses. Just find things you like and copy it. And then also when you're packing, think of your photos, because if you're just having like a casual day and you're, you know, not concerned about your outfit and it's not that you need to be concerned about it, but just be aware that like certain logos may look dated or it may make you look casual. Just being aware of like what you're wearing really helps as well. Right. So just wearing like t-shirts and jeans, it's not going to be the beautiful, like you have like bright colors and flowing dresses and um, your red lipstick. It looks so good. So that's a great, I think that's such a great tip. I'm just kind of thinking when you're packing, it's right. You know what I mean? Um, If you're just like wearing leggings the whole time you're, and you want beautiful photos, you might not get what you want if yeah. you're not packing. Or stuff. if you do that, then you have to do like headshots, right? And like do yeah. your makeup and your hair one day or. Yeah. 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 I love like I so like so many women and so many mothers, I'm taking the photos and not in them. And there was a period of time where I'm like, my kids can show photos and be like, oh, I don't have a mother. And you would be like, yes, there is no mother. Anywhere. And so it's like getting out of that awkward, you know what I mean? That awkward thing. Like you were saying, if someone, I would feel 
shy if I were like, oh, can you take a photo of me? And then I would be like it. it. But I love that you're like, no, I need you to take more. I want you to take like six photos here and then here and then there and not be shy about it because it feel. I think it feels good when you have a beautiful photo of yourself. And I know in the work that all of us do, people are like, do you have a headshot? I need a photo. And you're like, oh, I don't have any photos of myself. I have this one selfie in the bathroom when my hair looked good one day or you know what I mean? And so I think it feels good to um, feel good about yourself and, and have those photos too. Yeah, definitely. And you always need them like for things for headshots. It's things that you don't think about. And it's really nice to have like destination photos and something different. What about speaking of like even international travel is the like language barrier, right? Like if you don't speak a local language, some people I think are more nervous to kind of get out there if they don't they don't speak the language. Um, What advice would you have for them in terms of navigating that? Uh, well, I just like have my phone out and you're like at the area and you just wait for someone to walk by and you point to it and people, everyone loves photos and everyone takes them. Everyone, nobody goes anywhere without their phone that they're taking pictures on. It's so common that I think you just have to like have a big smile on your face and be willing to talk to people, even if you're speaking to them in a language that they don't speak. And then you meet the person like, you know, sometimes people walk by and I'm like, not that person, not that person. And then I see a chick and I'm like, oh, she's on my left. Like she takes photos the way I take photos. She's going to take more than one. She's going to do different angles and move the camera. And then I pick that girl. Or if I pick someone that just takes one and then it's very awkward, then I wait for them to like leave. So they can't see. And then I ask the next person. (laughs) (laughs) And does that deter you on choosing a place or do you try to um, pick up a few phrases before you go um, when if you're traveling somewhere with different language? Um, yeah, I think it's so easy with Google translate that you can just in with our phones. Like you were saying, when years ago you would travel and you would have a map and you wouldn't, and you'd be like in a little dictionary looking things up, but it's so easy with technology that if you learn a few key things, and I mean, we're kind of spoiled as English speaking tourists, because Mm. most of the time, most of the places you're going to go, someone speaks English. So And I found too, I don't know why France has such a bad rap. I mean, that has never been my experience. Like people like, oh, if you don't speak French, they're going to, you're annoying. And it was like, I think too, if you try, and by the way, French is like the language I can't do, but my husband took French, so I'll have him do it. Um, But if you like try a little bit, you know, I have never had anybody be rude to me. Like I'm trying to communicate, so yeah, I don't think people are rude. I think the thing that kind of like gets me is when you're trying and then they respond to you in English and you're like, oh, but I was trying. I was <laughs> right. I always felt for for whatever reason, when I was in Italy, people would come. I remember one time like people would come to me in Italian and there was a it was a tourist and they were trying to speak Italian to me. And I was like, I'm American. You can sign. Yeah. I can help you. You know, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, and then do you think that, I mean, have you traveled anywhere where the culture is very different yet, you know, like Egypt or a place where might you, you might have to watch your dress or has that ever happened to you where you had to kind of be very aware of the cultural differences? Um, I haven't been anywhere like Egypt or something like that. Um, I would say that the biggest cultural difference was in the Caribbean. There were so many smaller little countries that um, 
not necessarily with dress, but just kind of a culture shock of the way, you know, like visiting third world countries and you're coming off this lavish cruise ship, having this mm-hmm. great time. And then you're um, in this whole different culture. And that was kind of, I think one of the most shocking things because so on my Caribbean cruise, we went to multiple countries where I felt like that. And um, it just made me reflect a lot and feel so grateful for what I have, but also experiencing their culture that they still love their life and they still um, were such happy, generous, nice people. It, it was just such a good experience. And I think that's what's so special about travel is that you learn so much about people and cultures, but we're really all the same. We all like want to be loved. We all want to be happy. And um, I think that that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, being aware of like where you belong and then being grateful for where you belong. So I always feel like, so I think Jess and I, we were talking the other day, like very, we were few, we're very few of kids that we grew up with that actually left town, left the state, went out of state for college and like just got out and saw different cultures and, um, and, and then leaving the country after that. Right. And it does make you more grateful for family and like who you are like, I remember being in India and being like the only like Christian white woman in the middle of this crowd of people and feeling so out of sorts and like coming home and being with my family, it just makes it so much more meaningful. And I think sometimes I feel like there's a lot of people who are ungrate can be untend to be maybe ungrateful or things that they don't realize how lucky they are and how much they have. And I always think for my kids, I want them to like leave the country. I want them to be uncomfortable and to really feel, know what it's like to do that. And then you think about people who come here, right? Like people who are crossing the border and like, don't understand the language. And it just makes you be much more empathetic about how. I think it gives you compassion and makes you more open-minded. Like you're saying, like you were the only white person. Think about our school that was predominantly white. And we had a few racial minorities, how they felt every day, right? You knew you could go home, but this was their entire life. And so I think it gives you compassion um, for other people's experiences too. Yeah, it's so humbling. And I think it's important for everyone to experience that. And I think that's what's so important about travel is I think that that's the best way to learn about how other cultures live is just getting out there and seeing it. And there's nothing that can kind of shake you that way um, then, then travel. And that, and like you were saying too, just that human connection, you know, like we're all human. We all like to laugh. We all, you know, enjoy, um, you know, good food or all those things and sharing that, like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, you know, how much or how little money you have. Everybody has the same sort of core, you know, needs and things that they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like what you were kind of saying too, with the cruise is it's like not putting judgment or your lens of it. Like, Oh, I feel bad. Look at their life. Or whatever. It's like, no, that's their life and that's their culture. And from their experience, it's fine. And not everyone has to live the way we live. Right. Or have our values or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we've, so we've talked kind of about what's inspired you about travel, what helps you choose a destination. Um, I'd love to hear like, what are your top travel tips? 
Uh, okay. Top travel tips. I would have to say plan your trip around what you need would be first and foremost. So if you have a really hectic, busy life, you know, maybe you don't plan a vacation to New York city because you're going to be go, go, go. And it's going to be fast paced. Maybe you do something more calming, like, you know, Hawaii or hmm. something like that. And I think recognizing where you're at in your life and what you need is really important. Um, using points. So I live by credit cards. I never use a debit card. I try to rack up as many points as possible. I love um, point credit cards because it just makes your budget stretch so much further. And um, I think if you can travel during the off season, and I know this is really hard for like parents and teachers, but if you can travel at slower times, you're your points, your, your dollars, whatever will go so much further and you'll really get to experience. If you can go off peak times, it's not so busy in tourist destinations. So you get to experience kind of more what the, the city or the destination is actually like without all the other tourists around. I think the other thing is Americans, people assume that international travel is going to be more expensive than domestic. So they just tend to plan domestic travel, but it's not always like that. So look at international travel because there's some great deals, some great sales. If you follow things, um, there's also great deal on points. Like one of my uh, mileage credit cards. It's like the same amount of points to go to London as it is to somewhere on the East coast, you know, and mm -hmm. recognizing that. So you can go somewhere far away try something new and different. And, um, also like bringing wellness into the spectrum. I think when you're at your destination, it's really important that you schedule downtime, that you have a day where you don't have anything on your calendar. So if the local says, Oh my God, goodness, you have to go here, or you see something you want to try, you can fit it into your itinerary, uh, making time for exercise on your vacation or your morning meditation, or whatever it is that keeps you well, while you're traveling, factoring that in. And then also, um, when you get home, like, I feel like so many of us are so excited to take a vacation. We want to take a vacation for as long as possible. And then we come home and we go straight to work, but like have a day at home where you can get your life together, go to, to the grocery store and grocery store and do laundry. Because I just feel like that lets you carry that sense of relaxation and being rejuvenated into your daily life. I love that. I love that. And I, um, some of my favorite vacations were, the times that weren't planned, right? Like we took our older two on a trip to London and um, I had a full itinerary. Um, that was our first time traveling international with children. And um, so I don't know, I wanted to have everything set. And then there was a day where we're like, oh my gosh, we like walked around. We found this adorable shopping area. We just like went shopping and it was like, oh, okay, lesson learned, right? Plan more downtime. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because I think as a culture, again, Americans, we tend not to do that in our everyday life. So it's something we really need to take time for when we take time for our vacation or for our travel. Yeah, it's hard because um, there is such a many of us. It's like I want to live as long as humanly possible. I want to experience as much as I possibly can in the time I'm here and trying to balance that right with the mental like your mental health and just needing to have that downtime. And 
uh, to your point about flexing on spontaneity, right? So it's like the points on your, the times on your trips where you, you know, you do the, do the things that everybody does. You go to the Tate in London and you, you know, hit the, go to the London eye or blah, blah. But the fun parts I remember would be like eating fish and chips at a pub, right? The things that I didn't necessarily schedule that are more meaningful to your point. Yeah. I had wanted to ask you, do you enjoy, um, do you do solo travel, travel with your partner or travel with friends? Like what do you enjoy most? I have done a little bit of all of it. I guess traveling with my partner is probably my favorite because he hasn't, he's not well-traveled or, and hasn't, hadn't gone many places until he met me and watching him learn to love it where at first like when we booked our first trip to italy i was like okay 15 days and he was like what 15 days away from home and me i just like don't really get homesick you could i could you know go on a one-way ticket and be totally fine so um and just watching him learn to love it and you know get more comfortable with it has been really fun, but I've done, I've done it all. I've traveled alone. I've traveled a lot with my dad. Um, that's always really fun. And I think people think that's really unique because I guess I didn't really realize until I started traveling with him that a lot of people can't spend like one-on-one time with a parent without a break that long. And we're really good travel partners. That's great. And when you travel, then are you like hotel versus Airbnb, big chain versus small boutique hotels. Like, do you have a preference and on which one you like to stay at? Uh, I do like hotels. Um, Airbnbs are great for longer terms. Mm -hmm. I feel like where you want to get comfortable, but um, I usually want to go and when you need a kitchen, but most of the time I want to go eat out and experience the food. Mm -hmm. So I like hotels. I love I love the luxury of like having someone make your bed, things like that. And there's something really nice about the big box ones. Cause you know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's like Starbucks, you know what you're going to get every single time, but I like finding the little like boutique ones that maybe just have a few, like the mom and pop ones that they're just in that city or just in that country. Um, because I think you get a different taste of the culture that way. So finding little hotels that, you know, different other bloggers have experienced or that are in not the tourist destinations, kind of like off the beaten path is really fun. I just want to end this call and go book a trip and go somewhere. And I, (laughs) it's so crazy. So I have three kids and we have to contend with schedules, but we had a talk, um, if I were a teacher, I would be like this teacher at my daughter's school. There's a young single teacher who is planning trips all over and they're going to Italy this year, Japan next year. They're going to all these places. And um, we went to the meeting with my daughter and just those, those packages are really expensive for one person. Like I could travel, you know, my entire family of five for like a little bit more than one little kid sending. So I had to talk with my kids and I was like, okay, well let's, um, plan like every three years, do something amazing like that, right? Like 15 days in Japan or go do something like that. But then, because to me, it does seem so luxurious, but after talking to you today, it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it. Does that make sense? Like that I need three years to plan this amazing trip where it's like, you're saying, look up some destinations, do some fair finders or whatever. And if it hits a price, um, I really want to go to Montreal, 
right? Like we could go to Montreal, we could head over to Mexico or like, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It can be kind of simple. Yeah. And that will help you keep planning trips. If you do some simpler ones and like smaller ones and then have a big one, you know, you can space those out, but do other small things in between. Yeah. I love that. Me too. I think that it is hard to make the the leap to plan. And the other part I've noticed, and I think maybe just the, the sign of the times is it gets really expensive very quickly. If you try last minute travel, last minute travel used to be, I feel like a little bit easier to get like, so we wanted to go to Mexico for spring break. And I just thought, I'll just like figure this out. And I, over a couple of weeks, the prices weren't going down. You know, sometimes I think if you pick a place, you could like shop around and ultimately you'll get like some sort of a deal. And I, I just didn't. And I just found that like flights were like literally full from here to Cancun for spring break because it's public school spring break. And so just things like that, where I'm like, I was telling my husband and he was obviously complaining about the cost of everything. Um, but I realized that um, if I told him if we could plan in October, it would be a lot cheaper. You can get a lot better deals. And sometimes it is what it is. And I think we've been at a mode where we haven't trapped because with COVID, you're not traveling too much. And so when you do, you're just like, whatever, we're just going to go cost of the flight be what it is. Whereas now it's like, I would like to spend more time traveling and therefore I want to be more frugal because I want to fit more trips into my budget, you know? Absolutely. I think we all kind of right after COVID, it was like, whatever it costs just to go somewhere. Yeah. And then the whole world did that. And now it has gotten a lot more expensive. So you have to be mindful of that. But if you book flexible fares or get trip insurance, like planning way far in advance, isn't as intimidating or scary. The older I get, I want to have my whole life planned out. Like if you were like, Jessica, I have your entire life planned out for the next 50 years. That would sound wonderful. <laughs> and, and Kelly, that's Kelly's nightmare to be like boxed in. Yeah. I would be like, but wait, like, I want to see what's on that first. <laughs> Kelly's like, I may not, I'm not like going to come in October. I'm not going to like that in October, but like, I just, it's like I, to have everything kind of settled and booked. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so, um, that's what I've been doing. We have, um, our kids are in sports. So like I'm taking my son to Cooperstown in July, my daughter to Reno. Those aren't like, you know, I will find fun things to do there, but that would like Reno would not be like my top travel destination. Um, but, but I, I like you could do a day in Tahoe. You yes. yes you One of the most beautiful places in the world. So yes. And I was, I don't know what I saw there because I think that's true too. Like, um, what I've been trying to do with travel ball. Cause I joke, like my friends going to all these fun places. And I was like, we're going to mesquite. I'm like, then we're going to Bakersfield, but actually like I do look ahead and there have been places where there's something I've wanted to see yeah. or a restaurant I wanted to go to or something I want to try um, that I know where like the weird family were like, Oh, we're actually going to go to this like barbecue place we read about, or there's supposed to be the best donuts over at that, that place or whatever. So yeah, you're right. Like you can find fun little places to go, but I, I like the idea you're speaking my language when you're saying to plan ahead and book in advance. <laughs> Yeah, Jess, I know you like to plan. I think that like we traveled together and even just traveling between her and I, like I don't like to plan. I like to kind of wake up and see what I feel like. I think I need to have more 
squeeze more planned things in just to make sure I have something, but it kind of gives me a lot of anxiety because it's like dinner reservations, right? Like it's at six o'clock. Well, what if I'm doing something and I, at six o'clock, I don't want to like feel rushed to go, to go to dinner because I'm on vacation. I want to relax. Yeah. So I need, I, Jess and I, when we traveled, I think we learned also how each other travels and how to maybe be more accommodating to each other. Me being more accommodating to her. I think Jesse, you bent way toward me when we traveled. I feel like you guys need an outline. Like Jess wants the full plan. Yeah. Yes. 11 a.m. You know, and you just want the nut and there's a, um, an in-between that you, we had a debrief. We had to have a podcast debrief because it got very heated. It was, we had some, we had not traveled alone. It was like you fall into your roles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like our childhood roles. Cause we went, um, or her son, my nephew was Cooper's in town. Cooperstown last year and my son went and, um, we had not traveled alone together. You know, it's been family stuff. So basically we've rented a house on the beach with our families. So that's very different kind of vacation. And that's the thing. I'm like a psycho and I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get up at seven. We're going to like, go do this. We got to try this breakfast place. Then we're going to, you know, and Kelly is like, oh gosh, this is crazy. So you're right. Like, I think, um, whatever, having an outline, I think if we did an outline we can just schedule it to just be like a day of nothing. Right. Or whatever it is like, but just having that. So you have some comfort. The other thing too, is to what you're saying, Julian, is there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you were talking about DC Jess, but I do feel like now if you don't plan stuff, you will miss out. Like when we went to Fort Myers beach last year for spring break, we actually ate out one day because we tried to go to restaurants. They were booked you know, we couldn't get in. Then we went to a place that was really crappy, but it was a place that had tables available. And so like, we kind of missed out on a food scene. Not that there was like a thriving food scene in Fort Myers beach, Florida, but you know, like we should have planned more on that. And you feel the same way, right? Just, there was some stuff that you guys missed in DC. So I think it behooves anybody. You have to do some sort of planning anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if there's key things you want to hit, but you can do every other day. And like, if your reservation's at six and you have to put a credit card down now to hold a reservation and you call them and they're, you know, maybe they can get you in at seven. You never Good know. Point. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, you can just cancel. I would say you can, I've like, I've, you know, I've really never had to put a credit card down, right. You can cancel reservations super easy. And like, I like you're like, you're saying Jillian, like there's different, trips right so like a dc or a new york is going to be a busy right you're going to be seeing monuments and places and that's like busy versus a relaxing beach vacation a small town where you just want to absorb the culture and the vibe um, and so if you i guess it's like if you're choosing a destination where there are some things that are a must-have for you then you might want to call ahead and see if you need to book something yeah absolutely So, I mean, the thing is, is there's so many amazing places in the U.S. internationally. There's a lot of like so many things that anybody, a lot of us would want to do. How do you start to kind of even for this year or next year, like in your mind, like what are some ways in which you narrow that down? Like was, is it just things pop up? You see a sale or like how are some ways that you kind of like narrow down your choices? Um, sales and miles, it's the best bank okay. for my app because I want to go as far as possible for as long as possible. If okay. possible. <laughs> and then places that I want to spend more time, like, um, I really want to spend more time in Spain. I've only mm-hmm. done a, 
a couple days in Spain. So then, but I don't really care where in Spain. So I'm open and could kind of plan around whatever is the cheapest airport and then travel around once I'm there. So I have kind of a running list of where I want to go. And then I'm always looking at, at deals and miles and things like that so that I can filter in what I want to do next. I feel like culturally we have things backwards so much where people spend so much of their life working to retire. And then by the time they retire, they're like, they have maybe a handful of years to travel, but then they end up like having health issues and getting older and not as mobile as they were before. And it's kind of sad. It's like, now is the time that I want to be traveling, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we have Jillian here because you've just inspired us and so many people like you're right. You know what? It's kind of like, what are you doing? You know, are you just working to live and are, is there wiggle room in your life to, um, to change your lifestyle, to make sure that you're enjoying it and, and having pleasure. And if you love to travel, there are, there are a lot of ways that you can make that happen. Yeah. And everyone has that wiggle room. You just have to find it. And sometimes it can be hard to find that wiggle room in our own life. And we may need like our best friend or someone else to point it out to me or a therapist, like where can we find the space? But I think it's really important that we find that space for ourselves so that we can enjoy our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. This is such an inspiration. I agree, Jess. It's like, I need to start thinking about what my next trip is now. Yes. Whether or not I go to Spain, I feel like I need to have paella in the next 30 days. (laughs) This was so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jillian at Spritz Sunday for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.